Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and its select theaters. Rated R. everybody and welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters this is katie weaver and i'm here with my co-host sister and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody yeah it is wednesday night case updates boy isn't it though oh lordy we have a lot tonight we sure do which is really kind of fun because Every once in a while, yep. things get quiet, and now there's so much good movement in a lot of these cases. Yeah, good stuff. Yes, so, but before we do that, let's check in. How's it going? Oh, really, really good. Um, had a lot of fun today when we got to go uh, have yes. coffee at our friend's brand new coffee shop, The Egyptian. If you are in the Idaho Falls area, check it out. Yeah. It's downtown on Park Street, and it is awesome and is going to be even more awesomer. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not hey, this is our it. friend Terry that we sold healing hands to five yes. years ago. And she's just continued to make healing hands just completely amazing. Mm-hmm. And now she's opened a coffee shop adjacent to it. So woohoo. So cool. Very so cool. cool. It was kind of always our dream to have a coffee shop that was affiliated with Healing Hands. Mm-hmm. And we never made it happen, but that's okay because Terry is literally a superwoman and mm-hmm. a magician. Mm-hmm. And she has made it happen. And we just think it's so neat. Yeah. So congrats, Terry. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, I was wearing my hair back. So it was a little harder to see my color. But now that I'm wearing it forward because it's grown out, now you can really tell that I have very big hair. You do. It's very cute. Yeah. Thank you. Well, good. Well, we had a a good day, too. What can I say? I bought a bed. I bought a king-size bed, finally. Nice. I've only bought the bed so far, not the mattress. <laughs> so we won't be sleeping on it quite yet. But uh, this is going to end. The very few arguments that happen in my house are about the bed. Oh, you know? well. The pillows, the blankets, the dogs, the bed hogging. You know, it's just mm-hmm. the bed. That, that's where all the fights happen. Which are well, cool, welcome really. to reality. Welcome to true adulthood. Right. For sure. Tell so I thing. finally went, you know what? We can solve this with the king-size bed, and I can't believe we will be married 25 years in May. 25 years, and we're still sleeping on a queen-size bed with two dogs, and it's time to expand. That's that's Once you go king, man, you never go back. Mm -hmm. So in order to fit that bed in our bedroom, someone's going to have to give up their nightstand. Your husband made it very clear to me today that it was going to be you. I just (laughs) want you to know. I I know. He's telling me this, too. Definitely not giving up his nightstand. So okay. good luck hard. with that. No one wants to give up their nightstand. I wonder if I can just convince him to build smaller ones that. He was know. talking about building something. You guys have to know that Scott is yeah. a genius. He mm-hmm. literally is. He's a genius. He can make anything. Mm-hmm. He can build anything. That's just his thing. So mm-hmm. he'll solve it for you. I'm sure he will. Well, here's the thing. I sleep with a CPAP. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have a nightstand of some sort. For that CPAP to go on. But honestly, that's all I need. I mean, really, I could use a very narrow little 
anyway, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. And yeah. king size beds. So hopefully uh, sometime this uh, weekend. Well, we're traveling. We're going to Boise for the weekend. So I don't know. We won't solve it yet, but maybe next week. <laughs> we're on our way. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Want to say hello to our chatters. We've got GB, Paula, Cranky, KF. Uh, let's see. Amy, Language of Horses, Sherry, RJ, Amy, other Amy, <laughs> JR. So we have JR and RJ in the house. Oh, Always good. a good time. Yes. Language of Horses, Christy. Yeah. So welcome, everybody. Glad to have you guys here. Uh, the pigs do not sleep with us. They would. They would be thrilled to sleep with us if we let them. Um, <laughs> my God. That would be a nightmare. Hey, Just Fran. say no. Just say no. And First Christy, all, welcome. Christy uh, never misses an episode. Yeah. Catches us on Spotify. And we're so excited to have you here live. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, sleeping with the pigs would be like sleeping with a Brillo pad. And they do sleep with us, cuddle with us on the couch and blankies. But mm, a Brillo I mean, pad with hooves. Ugh. Oh, yeah. And uh, they would get mostly joking. Oh, no, I hear you. I know a lot of people who do, whose pigs do sleep in their beds. But, um, oh. That's a lot. Here's the thing. We sleep with my little Chihuahua, Skippy. You guys have heard a lot about him. My super old guy that's uh, blind and had seizures. Well, the past few months, he's developed a new kind of a tick. I think it's because of his seizure meds, but he grinds his teeth. <laughs> and he grinds his teeth all night. And it is driving Scott crazy. And so I'm constantly <laughs> like skipping knocking off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I also like him to sleep in our bed so I can keep track of him and know he's okay. And, you know, if he has a seizure, at least he's next to me so and I can funny. immediately help him. Anyway. Yeah. We're, we're doing <laughs> geriatric chihuahua care around here that is pretty interesting. Yesterday... <laughs> He stared so at the funny. wall and barked and yelled and hopped around for 15 minutes. I don't know who he was yelling at. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Yeah. Want to say hi to Jacqueline and Suze? Yep. Yeah. Yep, happy yep. to have you here. Yeah. Good to have everybody here. Well, we're going to start the night off as we typically do these days with a commercial. So let's Why, get a quick yes, word in from our sponsor. Why, yes. Support for True Crime Paranormal is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Ladies, listen up. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for you and your man's jewels. For any woman out there, women out there who have come across a hairy bush, you're now in luck. Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, have just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, Ta-da! The Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, the 4.0. They've been around a while, guys. They know what they're doing. Make sure your man joins the 2 million men worldwide, and frankly, ladies too, who already trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TRUECRIMEPARANORMAL at manscaped.com. John recently posted on Reddit. So I hadn't shaved my marbles in a while. Quarantine had been tough on me. Luckily, I'm seeing my lady again in a week. So I had to make myself presentable in case we did the deed. <laughs> Went to the toilet, prepared to shave, but I couldn't find my usual cream. Found one in a drawer with menthol. Same thing, right? Oh. Wrong. 
<laughs> I have been in pain for a good 10 minutes. Got a clown doing a prank-sized handful of shaving cream. As soon as the foamy devil touched my precious family jewels, all my scrotum lit up as if it was in a freezer. It isn't a hot burn. It's a cold one. So I'm shivering around the house, praying to six different gods that the effect passes soon. Lads, go for the shaver. I know I'm not the only one that has experienced this. If only he had known about the lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TrueCrimeParanormal at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use code TrueCrimeParanormal. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped. No more frozen balls. And there you go. <laughs> and there you go. It sounds a little like a certain motorcycle accident we got in once. Oh, yeah. Didn't involve balls, but it didn't fall icy hot. Mm -hmm. We Not had a cousin. His name was Eric. And he was like a brother. We didn't have brothers. You know, our, we had one baby brother that died at four months. So yeah. we didn't have brothers. And we had a cousin named Eric who we loved. And he was mm -hmm. really, really funny. And, of course, he loved punking us because we didn't, we weren't used to boys and their nonsense, you know? No. Yeah. And so I think we were really easy to tease and stuff. But we were at so. his house. And we <laughs> were riding this little motorcycle scooter thing that they had. And he, Christy was driving and I was riding on the back. And he ran out in front of us just to scare us, which scared us enough to wreck the thing and uh, peel out in the gravel. Yeah. Then we had to push it all the way back to the house, which was, I don't know, a couple miles probably. We were it was a ways a long away. Ways. And we both had some pretty good road rash. Yeah, we were bleeding and scraped up because that we had shorts jackass on. thought he yeah. was so funny. So we got back to the house and he came out with some cream on his finger and he was like, here, put this on your your wounds, you know. So he was acting like he felt bad about it. Mm -hmm. Guys, it was deep heat. Yeah. <laughs> deep heat. Oh, it was so bad. It hurt he a lot. He also thought it was so funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So John from Reddit, we feel your pain. Yeah, we do. In a little different way. But yes, we yeah. do. We get it, sir. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kathy. I don't think Kathy's made it for a Wednesday night before either. So welcome. Nice to have you here. Yeah. Well, you guys, it isn't very often in the true crime world that we get to report good news. So I think you guys will all join us in really celebrating the fact, and yeah, I hope you already know this, it happened yesterday, but that little Cleo Smith was found alive. The police are saying alive and well, and I'm like, oh, let's, Cleo's been kidnapped and held for 19 days. Yeah. Now she's four, and this is an incredible trauma that they've got a good head start, you know, on moving her through it and helping her be okay. Uh, but she's back in the arms of her parents. And I want to show you a couple of things associated um, through some amazing police work that we don't know all the details yet. And a tip, apparently a weird guy uh, was buying diapers in a local store that uh, they, they thought was strange and they mm -hmm. uh, called the police and the police broke into this house and that's a very simplified version there's lots more coming but uh at any rate found cleo and they have arrested a 36 year old man and have him in custody for the kidnapping of cleo smith mm. just want to share a couple of things associated because honestly my god it's just so amazing and exciting so i'm going to share the screen here 
so that I can do that. So bear with me just a second. I only have like 500 windows open. So mm. <laughs> here we go. Okay. So this, this is what happened when Cleo was found. I mean, really, you guys, can you even? I bet for those officers, it was such a good moment because how often is it that they find a little one like this dead? And oh, this yeah. one they found alive. I mean, that's just I, amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. Yep. Okay. So one more, I wanted to share the, uh, hmm. I want to share the, or the, uh, the chief addressing the, uh, the press. So, oh. all right. So let me share that as well. Okay. We get to shallow celebrate these ones, right? Well, we really do. I mean, it's fantastic uh, that she's been found alive and I hope not too seriously traumatized. I mean, obviously there's trauma here, but I mean, the fact that she was able to speak to the police and tell them her name mm -hmm. before, it's a good sign. Yeah, it is. Because little kids, when they're traumatized, the first thing they do is stop talking. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, here we go. It's my privilege to announce that in the early hours of this morning, the Western Australian Police Force rescued Cleo Smith. Cleo is alive and well. A police team broke their way into a locked house in Carnarvon at about 1am. They found little Cleo in one of those rooms. One of the officers picked her up into his arms and asked her, what's your name? She said, my name is Cleo. Cleo was re reunited with her parents a short time later. This is the outcome we all hoped and prayed for. It's the outcome we've achieved because of some incredible police work. And I want to thank Cleo's parents, the Western Australian community, and all of the volunteers. And of course, I want to thank my colleagues in the Western Australian Police Force. I can confirm that we have a man from Carnarvon in custody who is currently being questioned by detectives. We'll have more to say on the rescue of Cleo as the day unfolds. But for now, welcome home, Cleo. It's my... Oh, yep. Wow. Welcome That's home, amazing. Cleo. Yeah. Yep. So there uh, is obviously more to come. Yeah, definitely. A lot more to say. Yeah, police are saying no connection to the family. They're still trying to figure all of that out. Or maybe they know and they just haven't released it yet. But um, right. yeah, yes, the family has been deeply persecuted online. Yeah. Well, it has been a strange one. Like, how did this person know they were camping? How did this person know yeah. where she was in the tent? You know, there's a lot of questions there about how did it get to her without mm -hmm. waking up her parents? That's, it is, there's a question there, but I'm really, really glad that she's yeah. safe. Absolutely. Yep. So yeah, still lots more questions to answer, but we at least know that she's safe uh they did take her to the hospital and they 
released her. She's okay. So that's amazing. Huge props to a the person who made the tip and to the police there. The police there have been fantastic. They really fantastic. Yeah, I'm so impressed. The uh, police in the U.S. could really take a take some cues there. Our our police force because wow, these guys did an excellent job. Yeah, they they certainly Mm -hmm. did and. And, you know, they jumped on this really quickly. There was a huge reward, mm-hmm. um, which makes me curious. Did the person with the diaper tip, did they get, do they get the reward? Oh, good question. Because that tip literally found, led to them finding her. I well, hope they do. That would be amazing. It really would. Well, what they've said so far is that uh, they have a suspect that they are questioning. They haven't actually charged anybody yet. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't, okay, KF says it wasn't a person who made the tip. It was a combo of factors police found. I read an article today that said it was a person, but, I, you know, I know that you probably know better than I do on that. Old-fashioned detective work, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the police have worked their asses off to solve this one. It's amazing. It, it is it really amazing. Is. And I just wish that we had this much work done on every single missing child. You know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what police are normally like in Western Australia if this is just what you expect there. Mm-hmm. But sadly, it is not what we always get here. No. No, it is not. No. And in fact, let's talk about another case that we've been tracking of another uh, not so happy ending. Uh, let's talk about Jessica Mast. Yeah. So Jessica Mast was a four-year-old that was murdered a couple of days before Christmas last year. Yeah. You guys remember this? This is the uh, Ethan Mast, Courtney Almond, James Mast, and Mary Mast are the four adults that are charged in her murder. Yes. Uh, this was the uh, the Methodist, or not Methodist, um, Mennonite couples mm-hmm. that uh, were beating the demon out of mother, the mother whose name was Mary, and the children. Yeah. So on the 29th, uh, they were in court for Courtney. Courtney mm-hmm. was the uh, the girlfriend of Ethan Mast. So Ethan and Courtney were the, lived across the street. They were the neighbors. And James and Mary were the married couple and parents of the children. Yeah. So they had court. Courtney had court uh, on the 29th. And we learned a few things we didn't know. Uh, the first thing we learned is that the cause of death was homicidal violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, blunt force trauma Uh, Jessica was beat so severely with a belt that it left stitch marks where the buckle would go all over her body God. and then of course they exposed her to cold weather cold water and then beat her some more and then left her to die on the floor in a bedroom yeah Uh, murder in the first is being amended at least for Courtney to uh, murder in the second Okay. And again, they tried to bond her out. Uh, know that the parents have both been bonded out and have been mm-hmm. out for months. Oh, yeah. But Courtney and Ethan have not been able to bond out. Uh, Courtney's lawyer is arguing that she was just a pawn in all of this. And that she really didn't do anything. But that is not at all what the other people are saying. No, if anything, they're saying she was the ringleader. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that we know so far. This is very slowly winding its way through the courts with all four of them. Yeah. 
But uh, yesterday, we learned that family members, uh, Mary's family members have filed for guardianship uh, over Justin and Nathaniel, the other, the little boys. Mm -hmm. There was a two-year-old and an infant, and Mm -hmm. they... Their family is trying to get conservatorship over them because, of course, uh, you know, they were immediately taken out of the home. That would be really good, though, for someone to have guardianship of them so that things can just go on for them. You know, they need to just be able to move on with their lives, not move on. But, you know, they need they need adults that can be their parents and, Mm -hmm. you know, have an opportunity to grow and develop without questions. And having someone there to defend them and protect them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the other thing that happened, and I'm not sure what happened at the actual preliminary, uh, Courtney's lawyer had subpoenaed Mary. Yeah. And they were trying to fight that, but the judge said, no, she would have to come. Mm-hmm. And her lawyer said, fine, she'll come, but she will use her right to stay silent and is not going to say a word or answer any questions. Yeah. And so I don't know that she actually ended up coming at all. Well, it's tomorrow. Was- Oh, well, Courtney was in court last week. Yeah, she was in court, but it wasn't her preliminary. I see. Okay, so that's going to happen. Or not tomorrow. It's Friday. Sorry, today's Wednesday. It's the 5th, so it's Friday. So it'll be very curious to see, uh, you know, what comes out in that preliminary, because they're going to have to reveal some evidence that we don't know yet. Yes. Yep. Yep. So that's what's going on with Jessica's case. And as always, we're going to keep following that and push for justice for Jessica Mast because my God. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm glad that things are continuing to move forward. You know, when you have four adults charged with these, with this murder, Mm -hmm. it's going to take a while for all of it to work its way out because their cases are not joined. No, they are all individual. So yeah. It's going to take a while for it to resolve. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, and, you know, COVID courts at this point, too, everything is just so slow. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, last week we told you guys about a shooting that happened uh, in Boise, Idaho, in our state. Yes. And really our uh, first mass shooting ever. Yeah. Our first mass shooting. And we learned yesterday that uh, as police were going through footage, and I guess I should say before we get there, um, this was someone who uh, was a felon who believed in his right to carry guns, who had done a bunch of scary stuff with guns. He went into the mall that day. Legally shouldn't even been carrying anything or even mm -hmm. had a right to own them. Yeah. Went into the mall that day, wandered around for an hour, and then started an altercation with the security guard shot her in the face, and then shot a Hispanic man, which was, we believe, no uh, accident by judging by the things that we read on his YouTube channel, yes. that he was, that was extremely racially racist, motivated. openly racist, uh, told minorities they weren't allowed to watch his Facebook videos. Yeah. At any rate, uh, he ended up in a shootout with the police, and he died the following day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police officer... Uh, but the police, I think the police officer that was involved in that died too. Or no, that was a different no. shooting in Boise. Never mind. Um, no, actually, uh, none of the police were actually shot by him. He shot at an officer in his car. The, the bullet went, broke the window and went through his hat. 
Oh, okay. and that officer was actually injured by the glass, but he was not hit by the bullet, which is oh, really interesting. Amazing. Good. There, I think there was a Boise officer that died last week, but it was a different shooting, oh, not okay. this mass shooting. Um, the four other people that were injured are expected to be okay, but mm-hmm. when they were going through the security footage of this incident, uh, they discovered something they didn't know before. This crazy person. I don't even know what to call her. I have no kind words about this. No. Approached the security guard, Joe, who had been shot in the face and lay dying on the floor. And this piece of work robbed her. Yeah. 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 That's, you can't get any lower than that. Yeah. Her name is Mary Alice. Didn't see if there was something she could do for this dying security guard. Nope. Just Just stole some jewelry and stuff off of the body. Yep. Well, and early on, the family had said that there seemed to be some things missing from her personal belongings. That was said mm-hmm. right after it happened. Yeah. And then police discovered this. That's because this horrifying person, Mary Alice Scarborough, stole mm-hmm. items right off of her dying body. Mm. Yep. Sickening. That's just sickening. Yep. Yeah, Joe was missing her belt and her radio and her mask and her bootlaces. How much time did she have? Tear them out, apparently. Yeah. Took her yeah. shoelaces? <laughs> um, apparently. On, as multiple, well as her jewelry. Yeah. Apparently, uh, multiple people tried to make her stop. And she ignored them and just continued gathering everything she could, including rings and other personal property. Wow. I I have no words for that. No. Well, I do, but I can't say them or we'll get kicked off YouTube. But <laughs> right. I know I'm thinking them right now. Can you guys hear them? Yeah. Let's make them let's make a mind meld here so you can hear them. Yeah. Apologies for my profanity. Yeah. Well, on that note, speaking of horrifying people, you want to talk to us about Alex F. Murdoch? Oh boy. Oh, Alex Murdaugh. Alex Murdaugh is such a piece of crap, you guys. This is the case out of South Carolina. He is an attorney who his wife and son were murdered in front of their house in June. And then a whole tornado of crap happened, including him hiring, Alex hired someone to kill him. Uh, so that his surviving son could collect the $10 million in life insurance. Um, (laughs) What the state of South Carolina called the assisted suicide uh, attempt was unsuccessful because the guy he hired to shoot him couldn't go through with it. Uh, Then he put himself in a a, a rehab real quick, as rich people are known to do. Well, he was arrested out of the rehab, as we know. The judge has refused him bail because at this point, it seems as though he may not be safe to be out in the world as he is investigated for fraud and embezzlement, maybe murder, all kinds of stuff. So the biggest thing that's happened this week is that three um, attorneys filed motions seeking to prevent Alex Murdaugh and his surviving son, Buster, 
from spending any of his money or selling any profit or property or assets without approval by a judge. <laughs> because it turns out Alex is making some real bad decisions. Also, a fair amount of his current assets may actually be the product of embezzlement or fraud. And so um, people who have a standing against him want this, um, uh, want him to not be able to spend their money or sell off property and have, you know, disappear the money um, before these people get their money back. So the judge has appointed what's called a receiver or financial overseer. And this person will oversee Murdoch's assets and track his previous spending to kind of help them figure out what the hell he's been doing with his money. Um, so they can't spend any money without permission from this person and anything significant has to go through the judge. They also, this is interesting. They also seek to have any ill-gotten gains by Murdaugh um, re returned, taken back from people or companies he has spent stolen money on. So they're trying to figure out where he spent all of his stolen money and they're trying to get it back so that as much of the money he's, as he's stolen as possible can be returned. So <laughs> this is what they said. Murdaugh's pattern and practice involves carefully devised plans to defraud, to deceive, and to conceal his actions when money is at issue. Alex Murdoch cannot and should not be trusted as to the handling of his assets going forward. So uh, the judge did agree to this. Um, these, this, some of this is coming in uh, relation to the this settlement for his housekeepers, his housekeeper that died in 2017. I think that. Um, then he um, hustled her sons out of their settlement. That, that's Gloria Satterfield's estate. Also, this is coming from Renee Beach, the mother of Mallory Beach. So Mallory was a 19-year-old woman who died in a 2019 nighttime boat crash that was allegedly piloted by Paul Murdaugh, Paul who was killed in June. Uh, and so there, you know, there are several people that feel they have claim to Murdaugh's money and they want to make sure that he doesn't spend any of it or send it overseas so that people can't get to it. So, uh, one thing I read that's interesting is that, um, this is the second time that the judge has ruled against Murdaugh. And people in the community are starting to feel like maybe he's not going to get away with his bullshit this time like he has over and over. So pretty awesome. I think you're muted, Katie. Can't oh, hear you. I was. Yeah. Well, wow. what the heck? Well, go so, judge. Uh, We're feeling so, it. Yeah. One more uh, kick to the uh, marbles for uh, Alex Murdoch. He's going down so hard for so many things, you guys. It is there's so much more than this that I can't fully track or understand that has to do with real estate and 
money and the law firm he was in and all that stuff. We're still only scraping the surface. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like now they authorities are not going to stop. They're going to just keep digging and digging and just blow this to pieces. Can you imagine how pissed the rest of the Murdoch family must be at him right now? Whether they are on the up and up or aren't, they are all going to be under suspicion now of all of their bullshit. A hundred percent. Yeah. This has definitely put all of them under a microscope. And now (laughs) you have Buster Murdoch who can't do a damn thing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's pretty wild, but that's the, uh, that's the latest update as far as him in court. And he is sitting his butt quite directly in jail. They are not letting him go anywhere. Uh, they are definitely hanging on to him because, well, he may try to unalive himself again mm-hmm. or run or who knows what. At this point, he's become rather unpredictable. He, yes, he has. Maybe he'll find someone who does have the guts this time. <laughs> I think there are a few people that probably would if he went to the right ones, you know, like all mm-hmm. these people he's stolen from. Are they allowed gifts of menthol shaving cream in jail? I don't think Asking so. for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I wondered. Well, uh, speaking of terrible people, uh, let's talk about everyone's least favorite pedophile, Ghislaine Mas- Maxwell. Oh, boy. Are we sure the assassin wasn't Alex Cox? <laughs> right. It surely it could have been. been except for Alex was already Very there. ineffective. Worst assassin ever. Well, not as bad as, as Alex Murdoch's assassin. <laughs> he didn't even fire the gun. So, you know, he was even worse than Alex. Truly. Okay. Well, there's Maxwell's been in court. Uh, things have been real tough on her. It's just oh, yeah. very unfair, She's as you know. getting picked on. Yep. So... There was a question about whether she had received a plea bargain. She has not. And when the judge asked her if she received a plea bargain, she said, I have not committed any crime. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, boy. Ghislaine, um, mm-hmm. seriously. No one there's so much. Uh, there's so much video evidence of her crap and so many people. Her trial yeah. is going to last for two months. There's so many mm-hmm. people to testify against her. Yep. But her attorney is outraged. You know, he and Mark Means could go into business together. They really uh, could. He's, he is a regularly outraged attorney, just like some mm-hmm. others we know. They have not been nice to her at the jail. <laughs> wow. I mean, and they're usually so nice at the jail. They woke her at 3.45 a.m. to get to court around 5.30 a.m., despite her hearing being scheduled for 11 a.m. <laughs> Apparently, because, you know, I'm going to assume it's because they were getting her to the courthouse early before, you know, too much press and whatnot. Yeah, they was were about. probably actually doing her a favor. It's probably a safety thing. But she was placed in a cold cell and given little food and no utensils. <laughs> well, yeah, well, she was probably given a hot pocket. Right. Dude, you're in jail. Okay. They're not required to be extra nice to you. When she began nodding off, a guard poked at her to stay awake, even though she was the only inmate in the cell. cell. And because of the shackles on her ankles, she had to get on her hands and knees just to climb into the van, transporting her to court. The conditions are just terrible, Sternheim told Nathan. 
You know where else the conditions were terrible? At Epstein's Rapey Island. That's where. Yes. Yes. They were quite terrible. And frankly, I think she deserves whatever she gets. She's not being abused in jail. She's just being treated like a commoner. Mm-hmm. And she has always been used to being someone with the silver spoon, you know? Mm-hmm. They're not picking on her. They're just treating her the same mm-hmm. as everybody else. Yes. Well, and uh, her attorney tried a stunt that has been working in another case that's going on right now. And he asked the judge to bar the words victim and minor victim at the trial. And insisted what? that all persons should be referred to by their individual names only. Uh, you know, like in the Rittenhouse situation. Yes. Ooh. Right? And the judge said, no, no, no. So, good. sorry, we're going to be able to call children who were raped victims. And minor victims. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good Lord. Yes. Now, the other thing is that uh, the state had filed a motion to permit witnesses and non-testifying witnesses to be referred to in in court by pseudonyms or first names only. Uh, That is a practice that's consistent with the Crime Crime Victims' Rights Act. Right, of course. And they also didn't want that. But uh, the judge said there, we need to prevent as much harassment by third parties in the press as possible. And we will do that. Victims have the right to be protected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, apparently there was a request to ban evidence uh, uh, by... The prosecution asked to ban evidence that was used in the 2005 Florida investigation of Epstein that Mm -hmm. did not result in charges against Maxwell, and the judge granted that. So that's another blow to Maxwell's team because they wanted all of that evidence banned. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And the judge said, again, no. Uh, He did say that there's some evidence that the prosecution has, including emails that show Maxwell setting up dates between men and adult women that are inadmissible and irrelevant to the case that have to be redacted. Mm. And yeah, so that is one thing that came up. Uh, And the prosecution wanted to use it because it showed Maxwell offering up women based on physical description and not in a matchmaking capacity. And they felt Uh, like that really helps to show how she was serving up victims as well. Right. But they said that they cannot use them. Well, because those were consenting adults. So a little different. Mm -hmm. JR says she said her hair is falling out. She's probably pulling it out. Probably. Yeah. Or they may be falling out because she's eating hot pockets. You know, I don't know what they're feeding her, but, you know, it's probably not good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And and there's more, but we won't go through all of it. But at any rate, there was a big uh, smackdown. And this is, you know, because her trial is upcoming here shortly. And right. they're getting, they're still ironing out all of the stuff, you know. Yeah. Is she going for jury? Or is this a bench trial? I think this is jury. I'm not sure. Wow. I'm not sure. That's yeah. a tough jury to. Mm-hmm. That is a tough jury to find, I think. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of her attorneys said, 
it seems like the government is trying to take an episode of legal conduct and make it sound salacious for the jury. Salacious? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the rapes of lots of little girls isn't going to sound salacious. You yeah, gross bastard. To, you Are know, you kidding? non pedophiles. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, someone else is pulling out her hair because they hate her. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, but she's lots of she fun at the jail. Oh, boy. Uh, you want to be treated well? Don't be a criminal. Exactly. I don't think she's actually being abused at the jail, uh, JR. I don't. I think she's just getting normal treatment. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah. She's just being treated like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, GB said it. She thinks it's jury because they had complained about the jury not being diverse enough. Ah, okay. Yeah. I'm just curious about that because they really think they're going to get, I don't know. This is just, this is such a huge case and such a mm -hmm. well-known um, case and her, you know, affiliation with um, Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I might have asked for a bench trial, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, 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 I guess not. Mm. <laughs> well, speaking of bullshit attorneys, let's talk about Mark Means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we have to. I mean, right? I forgot to silence my phone. Hold uh -oh. on. What am I doing? Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Mark Means is at it again. As you guys know, we had a pop-up last week uh, detailing... All of the new uh, stuff that he filed last week, claiming <sighs> that the Mormon Church, the Idaho Health and Welfare Department, and the prosecutor's office had been conspiring against Lori to trick her into saying things she shouldn't have said, yeah. uh, which is insane. And I won't get into all of that because it takes a whole episode and we did one last week. So just Please go watch it. Yeah, It's called Mark Means is at it again. So go check mm -hmm. that out. And you can uh, you can go see, but he filed some more stuff today. He cannot help himself. He's tired of not having any attention. Mm -hmm. Well, he's tired of people not doing what he says. Now this kills me because he's already filed this. I think once, maybe twice before. Mm -hmm. But they have been yeah. ignoring it, so we're back again. Guess who's back? Back again. Lori's blue-eyed angel baby. That's who. Yes. Uh, so he is trying to make the court uh, take action against Melanie Gibb. So here's what he says. Again, still something. Uh-huh. Now, oh, comes now the defendant, Mrs. Lori Noreen Daybell, and move this court pursuant to Idaho Criminal Rule 17 and all other applicable rules, laws, and or statutes to order state essential witness Ms. Melanie Gibb, hereafter Ms. Gibb, to show why she should not be held in contempt for failure to comply with a lawfully served subpoena. To date, no response whatsoever has been received by Ms. Gibb. No responses, yeah, okay, and or a legal representative of Ms. Gibb regarding the properly served subpoena. At the time of service, Ms. Gibb stated she would refuse service and was calling Prosecutor Wood. And that made him mad. So he's still mad. Mm -hmm. You know, she could say whatever she wants. Uh, it doesn't mean that 
something improprietous happened. I no. How hard is that to understand? Right. Well, and, and he asked for some ridiculous stuff, like all mm-hmm. of her passwords to all of her social media. Mm-hmm. Why would someone yes. have to give that up to him? Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, Ms. Gibb was lawfully served the attached subpoena while Ms. Gibb was physically present in the state of Idaho and allowed ample time to comply with said subpoena. No, she wasn't. He gave her seven days. Yeah. Ms. But of course, that was uh, he. Was, she was served with that while she was in town to uh, testify in front of the grand jury. So that yeah. was back in May. Yeah. So I mean, it's been quite a while. Mm-hmm. Ms. But... Gibb has chosen to ignore the rules of law, and as such, should be ordered by this court to show cause as to why she should not be held in contempt. Contempt capitalized. I will say he managed to stay off of the air quotes in this one, and things appear to be spelled correctly. Well, that's good. The air quotes have just blown me away. If you guys haven't watched Mark Means is at it again, please do, because the air quotes uh, in in the, in that filing are just, he was mm-hmm. out of control. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, any such order by this court should be drafted to allow out-of-state service regarding said order as Ms. Gibb is believed to be a resident as the st- of the state of Arizona. Again, Mark, we've talked about run-on sentences a lot, mm-hmm. and that's bad. Mm-hmm. The defense believes that Ms. Gibb has possibly evaded criminal prosecution regarding incidences relevant to that above case has engaged in inappropriate private communications, including phone calls, emails, and text messages with the above said prosecution. He cannot quit. Other essential witnesses possibly destroyed evidence and or electronic devices in this manner and has made multiple conflicting statements regarding her personal knowledge, actions, inactions. uh, That should be two, one word, Mark, not two. And in regard, okay, so he didn't get all the spelling right. In regard to the above case and compliance with the subpoena is the initial first step to address these concerns. Obviously, Mark, the court doesn't agree with you. This is the third time you have filed this and they're not doing anything with it. Well, because this is fishing on his part. He's trying to figure out what Mm -hmm. she told the grand jury. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he has received the grand jury transcripts. And so Mm -hmm. maybe, Mark, you ought to read them. Instead of constantly trying to go around having to do your job. But that's not good enough because he is just positive that Prosecutor Wood has done all of these improprietors things. And he is just bound and determined to prove it. He is so much more concerned with proving that he did, the prosecutor did something improprietous than he is with focusing on his own case. Yeah. Well, he is. I mean, this is, um, at what point does this have anything to do with defending his client? Also, uh, he's not the lead attorney in this case anymore. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And yet again, uh, Jim Archibald's name, not on this filing. And he's the lead attorney in this case. Yep. Yet again. Yep. So... Again, you know, it's it's likely that nothing will come from that because uh, at this point, he just keeps yelling at the court over it. And obviously they don't agree. So, mm-hmm. well, they can see it for what it is. He's fishing. 
Mm -hmm. He's trying to figure out what evidence they got from Melanie Gibb um, in relation to Lori. And then he's again trying to discredit the prosecutor. Yeah, but that one digs a little bit deeper. I mean, you're trying to uh, imply somehow that Melanie Gibb has uh, avoided criminal prosecution. You know, I mean, there's some pretty Mm. good uh, accusations in there that, uh, again, Mm -hmm. Mark should be careful what he's accusing people of. Well, and he doesn't know if there is any kind of a deal between Melanie Gibb and the prosecutor. And I would bet he's really trying to find out if there is. Mm -hmm. Because we're pretty sure there is. Mm -hmm. The things that have been released, she could have been arrested Mm -hmm. for some of those things and hasn't been. But she did... um, she did testify at the mm-hmm. grand jury. She's talked to the police again. So mm-hmm. it's very likely that she's fessed up to some more things. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know what those things are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, he's so determined to find a smoking gun to prove that something unfair has happened. Yeah. So, well, anyway. Out for blood with Prosecutor Wood. It's he's completely unsuccessful. Yeah. It'll be his downfall. This will be the thing that ends up costing him his law license in the end mm-hmm. is his vindictive behavior here. That has well, yeah, nothing to do what, with his client. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. But his blood feud with wood that's so very one-sided. Yeah. Uh, it's not hurting wood. It's hurting no. Lori's case and it's hurting Mark. But It is. Yeah. This hasn't hurt wood. I mean, wood's had a couple of giant eye rolls over it, but you know. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. So that's what we have. Yeah. So that's what we have going on with, uh, with him. I just wanted to check his Twitter quick and see if there's been any, uh, you know, any stuff going on. No. Kind of think somebody told him to shut up on the goddamn Twitter (laughs) because he, he he did offer on Twitter to take the uh, Confederate statues that were removed from Portland uh, and put them in his yard on Twitter. That's uh, most of it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Mark. Okay. He also quoted uh, Pitbull. To those who don't like America, may God bless you, but F you at the same time. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, F him too. How's that? I don't like Melanie Gibb. I know. You know what? I kind of started out sort of liking Melanie Gibb. Mm-hmm. I don't like her anymore. No, me neither. Lying little shit. Oof. Me neither. But I also don't like Mark Means trying to uh, use the courts to lie and manipulate and force things to happen that may or may not be proprietous. So. Right. I mean, there's real questions about if he even has the right to do what he's done. And the judge has not cared at all about this. Yep. Yep. So anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. And all those filings from last week that there's been zero, zero noise on. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, other than the prosecutors came out and made a statement. Pretty right. Much like, the prosecutor made. <laughs> and the prosecutor's statement was such a sick burn. Oh, I, was. We joked he that Mark was going to need some desitin for this one. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll read it to you because it's pretty great. Uh, they made a statement, and so did the. Uh, oh, McConkey. Um, yeah, so it's McConkey. Oh, uh, yeah. They're like, uh, hello. 
we don't want anything to do with this and we are professionals. Uh, we didn't do shit. Here's what they said. This is uh, Curtin McConkie. They said on October 6, 2021, Curtin McConkie, that's the law firm, received an unsolicited call from Lori Daybell seeking assistance. Curtin McConkie informed Mrs. Daybell that it could not provide advice or representation and directed her to the State Bar of Idaho, interesting, or the court if she needed assistance in finding an attorney. Mm -hmm. Subsequent calls with her counsel and the prosecutor confirmed the unsolicited contact. See, Mark's mad because they didn't call him. They called Archibald. Archibald. Mm -hmm. Because he's the lead. (laughs) Here's what the prosecutor's office, this was a statement from prosecuting attorney Lindsey Blake from Fremont County and Madison County prosecuting attorney Rob Wood on the 28th. They said, the state will continue to focus on pursuing justice on behalf of the victims We will address the unfounded claims by one of Ms. Daybell's defense attorneys in a court of law, not in the media. Filings of this nature are traditionally sealed and handled in confidential proceedings. Litigating such matters publicly can compromise both parties' right to a fair trial and compromise various individuals' rights to privacy. The mental health issues and investigations are not suited for the court of public opinion. Mark violated Lori's HIPAA rights, essentially, by Mm -hmm. doing this big public thing. But what you going to do? You know, he constantly wants to bitch about the way that they're being portrayed in the media and then constantly leak crap like this. He leaked this Mm -hmm. to court TV Mm -hmm. because they got it. And where else were they going to get it? You know yeah. where they got it. They got it from him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he thinks that this is helping their case, but this kind of crap just makes him look like a bigger jackass every time it happens. I think he thinks it makes him look cool. Mm-hmm. I think he is getting off on this idea that, remember, they actually brought him on to weigh in on a different case and called him a defense attorney, a, a defense uh professional or you know anyway build him up like he was some big uh you know big time defense attorney that really knows what he's talking about you know as uh, he yeah don't be trusting that does not yeah totally yeah paula yeah. i would love to know what archibald is actually thinking about all means crap his eyeballs have to be hurting from rolling so hard right paula oh, yeah. can you imagine <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yes. And Amy says, I can't believe the lead attorney hasn't locked him in a closet yet. Right? Yeah. What is Archibald? Archibald's like, probably every time he sees another filing from him, he's like, son of a bitch. You know? Not again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. We'll keep an eye on all that base. One more thing tonight, and that is that on Friday, we are going to see uh, James Phelps, I believe, in court. So this is in the Cassidy Rainwater case. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he was granted a different judge already. Yeah. The judge recused themselves. What's that? The judge recused themselves. Yeah. So now the judge is John C. Porter. And he'll be in court on Friday. 
So we're going to keep an eye on that and see what goes down. Uh, it's possible. What's that? Oh, what? Timothy Norton's preliminary got pushed back. So yes. it is now what? November 23rd, I think. I believe so. It's a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. They said that they were, his attorney was saying they are not ready. They need mm -hmm. more time. Yeah. Yep. So that's what's coming. So preliminary hearing on Friday. So that should be interesting. We should hear some evidence come out in that preliminary that we haven't heard yet in this case. That might blow this way up because remember that this is the case where people in the town that lived there were alleging that some of the uh, police had uh, leaked some information about uh, possible cannibalism and some things like that going on Multiple in that Multiple victims, that kind Multiple of thing, victims. yeah. Yep. So, and they have been waiting and waiting and waiting for some, for DNA to come back. At this point, they're both just charged with kidnapping uh, type things, not charged with murder for Cassidy Rainwater yet, but Cassidy's family is confirming that they have been told that she is deceased. Yeah. So, you know, there's just a lot that isn't known in that case yet while they were waiting yeah, for DNA to come back. When these preliminaries come through, they are going to mm -hmm. be very interesting. We are going to learn a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we won't be able to live stream it on Friday because uh, we're both going to be uh, otherwise disposed. But mm -hmm. we'll keep an eye on it and we'll definitely be talking about it. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll keep you up to date. Yeah. Wanted to let you know, uh, if you don't follow us on TikTok, we last month we did a Halloween or a haunted house a day until Halloween. And now we're doing Femme Fatales, Women Who Kill, and doing a daily uh, spotlight on a female serial killer. So if you follow us on TikTok, uh, thank you. If you don't, it's True Crime Paranormal on TikTok. Yeah. If you follow us over there, I post them on, I try and post them on Facebook every day too. But anyway, we have all of that going on. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. cool. So I do have one more small update. Oh, Yes. That's in Julius Jones. You know, guys, I covered, I just covered some of the basics of his case. There's a lot more to it. But what's going on right now is that he had a clemency hearing on Monday. And mm -hmm. the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board did recommend in a three to one vote on Monday that his execution should be stopped. That um, his sentence should be commuted to a life sentence with the possibility of parole for his conviction in the 1999 murder of Paul Howell. You know that this is highly contested. It's even gone clear to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of work being done on Julius's behalf. And, you know, mm -hmm. there are a lot of questions. There are a lot of unknowns in this case. The trial was handled very poorly. Um, some people think he should get a new trial. Some people's sentence should be just be commuted to life. Mm -hmm. And the Howell family want him to be executed. So there's a lot going on in this case. So what happened now, he had his hearing. He did have a, an opportunity to speak in that hearing. The uh, parole board did vote three to one to commute his sentence. And so now that has gone to the governor of Oklahoma. And the governor of Oklahoma will decide... Um, whether or not to uphold the uh, decision by the parole board. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's really interesting to see what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it does worry me. I agree. 
Well, especially because Oklahoma's last three executions have been botched. Three right. in a row. They actually, yeah, they actually had a stay on their on executions for several years. Um, the stay was just lifted actually by the Supreme Court. And another man that was also on uh, death row was was executed last week. Mm-hmm. The next execution scheduled is Julius Jones coming mm-hmm. up on November 18th. So yeah. fingers crossed um, that the governor does the right thing here. There are questions in this case. There should never be questions in a case that results in capital punishment yeah. ever. And, you know, I mean, they're running the risk of, you know, executing an an innocent man or a man that didn't commit the the same level of crime that they think he did. I mean, there's so many questions here. Yeah. So we're watching closely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Cranky. I hate the I hate capital punishment. I I know I I do, too, because I find it, it it's a terrifying thought to think, what if we're wrong? Because the criminal justice system does get it wrong. Yeah. And it does scare me. Like, why mm-hmm. would we run this risk? Mm-hmm. You know? So, anyway, we're going to keep watching the Julius Jones situation and yep. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yep. So, there you have it. A straight hour of case updates. We told you guys there was a lot. We did. <laughs> Crazy. And there was. So, here's the deal. Tomorrow night, the Psychic Hour is going to be a pre-record because I am traveling, but, but we'll be in the chat. So come and listen. Um, It's marching orders. So you'll get your, uh, your, your read for the month uh, per sign. And we'll be in the chat hanging out with you guys. So be there. We just, uh, I don't, I can't trust that I'll have the right internet to be able to uh, stream and we don't want to mess that up. So we're just going to pre-record it for you. So it's ready. And we'll yeah. come play in the chat with you. So come tomorrow night at 7 p.m. for the Psychic Hour. Uh, a couple of pop-ups coming up this weekend. That's what's going on. So thanks, you guys, so much for being here. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Have a great night, everybody. Mm-hmm.